One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. Guys, the dawn of the dogs. It's here. It's upon us. As always, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds, and we have a plethora of guests. Obviously, Juan Daniels, uh, Mr. Co-host, along with two Clemson fans. Uh, one, Aaron Bass. Obviously, he's been on the show before. Uh, if you're not familiar with Aaron, he runs Fifth Quarter Clemson. And our special guest that I kept it under wraps up until today, Brad Pope, former safety from Clemson. Guys, Aaron, Brad, welcome to the show. Obviously, Juan, glad to see you back. Look, it, it's the big day tomorrow, guys. I think we're all ready. I think college football in itself is ready. You know, there's so much to talk about. But before we get into this, look, there's so much to talk about. Got to give a shout out to my guys at La Terrain. Quality watches at a non-luxury price tag. I'm rocking the compass today. Also, make sure, look, DGD, uh, DGD code at checkout, LaTerrain.com. Uh, before September 10th gets you a chance to win two tickets to the UGA South Carolina game. So go over to LaTorraine.com. That's La-Torraine, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Use DGD at checkout and get entered to win two tickets. Guys, look, glad to have you on. Georgia Clemson, I would say probably the biggest game all year tomorrow. And I can't be more excited for it. But let's talk about Welcoming on Brad and Aaron. Aaron, welcome back. Brad, you know, a lot of people may not remember this, but, you know, you and Juan played in these games back in the early to mid-90s. So I want to ask you first, Brad, what was your uh, what was your experience with playing Georgia? Juan as well. Um, I want to hear from a player's perspective, what kind of game are we should we expect uh, from UGA Clemson tomorrow? Man, it's uh... – Talking about a rivalry, it's been a storied rivalry for for many years, and now it's back again. Back in the, the early '90s, when I played at Clemson, you know, we had two great games against Georgia. They beat us both times. I had to face Eric Zier in high school at Marietta, and I had to face him again in college. <laughs> so it was uh, always close games. Always came down to the wire. It seemed like it was always a field goal game, um, you know. And they uh, they beat us twice uh, back in the early '90s. So some great teams, some phenomenal players. Um, you know, I got to lo- know a lot of those guys, uh, you know, beyond college as well and training with those guys, getting ready for the NFL. But, man, what, what a great rivalry. I'm so excited about this game. It's probably the biggest game of the year. Without question. Juan, obviously we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but we want to touch back on it today. You know, leading up to a game of this magnitude, right, obviously everybody knows the rivalry. From a from your mindset, what was it like going into you know to games against Clemson? What was that mindset like? Well, you know, first of all, the mystique when you actually go to uh, play at Clemson Stadium, and, and and like I said yesterday, there's nothing more exciting actually from a from an opponent standpoint than to see those guys jumping up and down the field about you know uh, on that hill about to rub Howard's Rock, and then they come down there and there's just electricity. Uh, uh, going up there. So again, it's like going back in time and I could probably see Brad, you know, jumping up and down, getting excited, you know, running down the hill with his, with his teammates. Um, 
but just the atmosphere and, and the Clemson fan base, they're amazing. They're awesome. Um, and, and, and so you really have to strap it on that, that year in 95, uh, I think we ended up winning 24 to 19. Uh, it, it was a hard fought battle. Um, and, and they brought it, they bring it every play. And so I, I don't expect anything different, uh, when it actually comes to Saturday. You know, obviously these are two former players here that's played in this rivalry. Aaron, me and you are not so lucky to have been able to play in this, but we do do a lot of talking. We do a lot of writing. You know, I want to hear your thoughts on this game and the rivalry in itself over the years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, um, um, they both harped on it very well. This is a historic rivalry that usually comes down to a um, one-possession game. Um, as of late, you know, we have um, both both Clemson and UGA have, uh, have grown into – what my opinion is national powerhouses, the, the elite of the elite, um, you know, being, uh, being born and raised in Georgia, you know, my dad's a Clemson alum and it's, uh, and it's, and it's a lot. All of my fr- uh, friends gave me grief. Uh, I uh, ended up going to the 2014 game with, uh, with a uh, very good friend who, who, whose entire family is uh, UGA alums. That stunk. But, Outside of that, it's like it's like it's a phenomenal game, phenomenal atmosphere, and uh, you know, like I'm just I'm just really really excited to um, pack my bags tonight and uh, and uh, head up to Charlotte in the morning. You know, I think Charlotte's gonna it's gonna be a wild place, right? I mean, I mean, me being in North Carolina, like knowing what Charlotte's like in general, it's always hectic. But look, when you have a game like this, I'm telling you right now, it, Charlotte is going to be wild, absolutely wild. Uh, you know, obviously kind of doing this right here, you know, we're going to take it back a little bit. I, the magnitude of this game, I think, could be the highest that I think that rivalry's ever been, right? Two top five teams, um, beginning of the season. This, you know, this is a playoff caliber game right now. And, you know, to me, I think that's a testament to both Clemson and Georgia. And the reason why I say that is because you, know, you don't really see a lot of teams playing these kind of games to start the season, let alone, you know, in the regular season, you know, you wait for the playoffs, you know, so I applaud Georgia and Clemson for both setting this game up, you know, but we're going to take it back to a, a little bit here and and go back to the last time that Clemson played uh, Georgia. And that was 2013 and 2014, the home and home series, you know, for those that aren't familiar, 2013, you know, Clemson wins at home. And then 2014, Georgia returns the favor. You know, it seems to me that, you know, looking into these games, there's always these players that, you know, that really step up to the, the plate, right? Whether you look at 2014 and you look at uh, you look at Todd Gurley, right? And in 2013, there was just – there were so many players that make huge strides in these games and, and become household names in a game like this. You know, so looking into this right here, you know, there's, there's teams or both teams have players on each side of the ball. You know, Brad, I want to get your opinion here. Looking into this game tomorrow – Who's a player or players that you think are going to step up to the plate and really make their name known tomorrow? Man, I think uh, defensively for Clemson, uh, you know, Breezy's been there, right? He's already make his, made his name known last year, but he's going to be tough to handle on a defensive line. Uh, you got a great supporting cast around him. Skalski's a, a huge leader on that defense. Uh, I'm sure he's going to step up as well as usual. Um, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, our, our, our back end can, can come in strong. Turner's obviously a team leader, been there for a long time, smart player. 
offensively, uh, you got Ross back. So, I mean, uh, you know, you've seen what he can do a couple years ago against Alabama, right? Um, he's going to be electric. You know, our quarterback uh, is phenomenal. I mean, I, I just think you got, you know, both sides of the ball. You got you got a lot of athletes, you know, and um, I think that, that uh, you know, obviously we're, we're going to see who they're going to showcase at running back. Um, you know, does Shipley come in, you know, and, and uh, get some carries for us? And it's, I know how electric he's going to be as a, uh, as a true freshman. So, uh, man, I just think that, you know, there's so many guys on both sides of the ball that can step up tomorrow and be playmakers for us. You know, to add to this right here, I think, you know, looking at the running backs, I think Lynn J. Dixon might be a true threat here. You know, but Will Shipley's been touted, uh, you know, obviously five-star out of Charlotte area. You know, Aaron, I want to continue with you. Uh, obviously, we heard what Brad had to say in regards to who he thinks is going to uh, step up. Who do you think or, you know, do you reflect uh, Brad's uh, thoughts or do you have any other names that uh, would step up to the plate and make their, make their names known tomorrow? Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> on what what Brad said, defensively speaking, uh, you know, it's just it. This is this is probably going to be number one, number two national defense, number two, number ones. Um, Brian Brissy is just an absolute, you know, like I hate to say it, but he's a dog on that defensive line. He, uh, you know, he gets after it. He eats up double teams and and uh, he frees it up for uh, for. KJ XT and or um Miles. Uh you know, um going in this game, Clemson has a little bit of concerns at at the DB slot, but it isn't because of inexperience, right? It's uh it's it's just because we're rotating new guys in. Um Sheridan Jones is uh is is expected to be more of a uh more of a workhorse out wide on the um boundary, and then um Wayne and Xanders is uh coming back off of um, off of injury late last year. But one of the big things about Clemson is its defensive leadership this year. You know, Skalski, Turner, Xavier Thomas, um, Tyler Davis. I mean, there, there are true leaders on in, in every position group on this defense, which is something, frankly, Clemson hasn't had since, uh, since 2018. So it's, it's, so it's really nice to see our, um, defense is 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 expected and it's holding and is uh holding itself accountable to be one of the best in the nation um offensively you know we're um changing out trevor for dj we're um trading out travis for um lynn j will kobe michael um you know like um phil like i can go down the list at that um running back spot and it, and it's a little bit Funny, Clemson's running back core this year is very comparative to what Georgia's was back in 2014. I mean, a, a little bit different is uh, Todd Todd Gurley was more of a uh, household name for UGA, and um, uh, Clemson doesn't really have that yet. But, I mean, this is a Clemson running back core that is truly four to five deep that if you put them anywhere else in, uh, in uh, the – country they are starting they are getting 30 carries a game so it's just it's this game's truly going to come down to the trenches and it's you know like I can't really like even make any prediction because everyone knows the battle at the line of scrimmage can go either way absolutely you know looking into it right obviously you know Georgia has some things as well 
Uh, Juan, I want to get your opinion here. Who are some uh, Who are some players on the Georgia side of the ball that could make their name known tomorrow? Obviously, you know, listening back to it, I think you look at you know Nick Chubb for Georgia, right? Nick Chubb kind of came out of nowhere as, as a freshman. Everybody remembers his first touchdown against Clemson. It was it t- for Georgia fans. It was beautiful to watch. You know, who are your Who are your proje- uh, predictions on uh, tomorrow? Make you know who's going to make a name for themselves tomorrow? Well, I'll start off with uh, JT Daniels. I mean, there's a, been a lot of hype around JT Daniels, but has JT Daniels played in a big time game? So anytime that you're talking about top five, two top five teams playing, that's a big time game. So he did well um, against the Mississippi States, Missouri's, and then and then Cincinnati. But this right now is an opportunity to say, is JT Daniels, is he as big and as bad as, as everybody says that he is? James Cook. It's another guy. I, I think that he is a swing player. You can put him into the uh, into the slot. I think he can run some angle routes. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a big time player and really make a name for himself. Um, as far as the receiving core, you know, we've got you know some injuries here and there. However, um, we talked about it yesterday. Jalen Johnson, uh, being uh, just a recent walk on who just uh, received a scholarship. Who's to say that he won't go in there and, and, and make a play and really, really fight for Georgia? He's fought, to, you know, to get that scholarship. Now is this going to be his opportunity to be that big-time receiver? You know, to add on to that one, I think a name that Georgia fans probably know but has the potential for the national media to catch on, and that's Brock Bowers. Um, you know, looking into the situation where, you know, everybody knows that Darnell, Tykee, you know, these huge names that Georgia was expecting to lean on in this game – are probably not going to be playing. Obviously, haven't heard anything official yet. Uh, at least I haven't. But um, you know, I'm, the expectation is that uh, Darnell is going to be out, and he had the expectation of you know getting a huge jump, you know, in regards to catches, in regards to being a part of that offense, yeah, and really being used in week one. Uh, you know, but Brock Bowers, you know, is not a slouch in its own. You know, looking at you know what he brings to the tight end room. You know, you look at the size that everybody gets called away with six sevens, you know, and really the height and the measurables there of Darnell. Now, he also can catch and everything like that. But one of the things that makes uh, Brock Bauer so special is his ability to run. He literally is a tight end that can run like a pure receiver. And I think that can definitely cause problems for Clemson, whether it be down the middle or, you know, if a linebacker is put on him, uh, which, you know, we'll talk about some weaknesses for each team a little bit later. But I could I could honestly see Brock Bowers having a big day uh, depending on execution, right? I think, you know, your point, JT has to, you know, make these plays and execute. And I think both sides, you know, we have to understand, you know, from a team's perspective, we have to execute. It's going to be hard. Both defenses are elite defenses, top five in the country. It's going to be a problem to sit there and execute. It's just a matter of who executes the most. And, and tight ends are quarterbacks kind of, you know, favorite, you know, best friends basically because they're always good you know, if, if you're having issues on the outside or whatever the case may be. But my expectation is that you have Brock Bowers. I think he has a big day tomorrow. But we'll transition this right here. I want to kind of take it into I, – I want to let Brad and Juan take this away, Aaron. From a from a standpoint here, I want to ask you kind of in y'all's games against Clemson and Georgia respectively, what was your favorite memory as a player? Brad, we'll start with you first. Juan will go second. What was your favorite, like, play? What was your favorite memory uh, between, you know, the Georgia and Clemson rivalry? 
Oh man, I think uh, for us, you know, the op- the opening gun, you know, coming down the hill, and uh, I remember Georgia meeting us over at the hill. <laughs> And like we were gonna, they, they made us right at the bottom. I remember them coming over. I think they wanted to be a part of it. Uh, the excitement coming down the hill. So um, I don't see a whole lot of teams doing that. And uh, Georgia came right up over there, and almost worked their way through the band to get to us. So uh, that kind of got us fired up there in that game. Juan, what about you? Um, probably the ninety, the ninety-five game. Um, Brian Smith, who was a, a South Carolina guy, he actually played at uh, Spartanburg with. Um, uh, I can't even think of the big running back that uh, Stephen Davis um, uh, threw me a wheel route. And uh, I think that was the, the touchdown that actually put us ahead of Clemson. Uh, and then we held on and, and ended up winning. So that was a, a, a pretty cool moment. Yeah, no, I, look, I love I love watching Clemson, Georgia games. You know, obviously, you know, there was been a time where, you know, Georgia wasn't good but or, you know, Clemson wasn't good. But those games still, you know, still mean something. So obviously this is for all four of us. You know, we look at the we look at the interconference matchups, right? And I want to get your opinion on this, right? Obviously, you know, Clemson fans, play, you know, Clemson plays South Carolina to end the season. Georgia plays Georgia Tech. I want to get. Would you rather this or that is going to be the type of question? Would you rather, as a Clemson fan, play a team like South Carolina every year, or would you rather have Clemson every year? That's from the Clemson side of things. Georgia, me and Juan. Would you rather play Georgia Tech every year or play Clemson every year, and why? Uh, we'll start with Aaron and then work our way to uh, to Brad and then Juan. I mean, if if you're asking like like the question about the quality opponent, absolutely, I, I, I would rather play a, uh, a a team of the caliber of UGA to to end the season every year. I don't care what what playoff fans say, like oh, you know, like we don't want to lose, like. Like at the back end, I don't care about that, right? Making the playoffs is is a byproduct of of achieving all of your goals, and one of Clemson's goals is win the closer, right? That lead, you know, that that's like that's like an open ended thing, right? We beat beat South Carolina. Well, if if we're losing, that could be the closer, so on and so forth. But I do like the um, Palmetto Bowl. You know, uh, it is sentimental to me. I would love to play Georgia year in and, and year out. But if you're asking me to just do like a straight swap, um, my only hope is is South Carolina can figure something out. So like at least like they're like at least fun to play against. Fair. <laughs> Brad, what about you? I like that. I like that, Aaron. Um, you know, uh, I, I love these big games. I mean, I, I love a challenge. I think it's important, um, you know, with – with the ACC being down a little bit um, lately, I think it's important for Clemson to be able to play these big games, get on a big stage, and prove to the uh, the rest of the world that they can compete with these teams. Um, you know, they've consistently beat a lot of high-level SEC teams over the years, if you look at their history and their record. And um, I love it. I think they, they should put more on their schedule. I think it's important for them. Juan, I'll yeah. let you. I'll let you ask. I, I agree with Brad. I mean, it, it's it's always nice to play big time games. Um, and I can't, you know, in no disrespect, like I can't think of the last time playing Georgia Tech that that was actually a, a big time game. And, and I was fortunate because all the years that I was at Georgia, I never lost to Tech. Um, and, you know, that was kind of that, that game that we get all our stats and, you know, just kind of pat our stats <laughs> up. But, you know, but it was not so versus Clemson. I mean, Clemson is that that's a big time rivalry. Clemson is 
you know, they're a top tier team. Georgia is a top tier team, you know, so to play that each and every year to say that you played, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Auburn, Alabama, some, you know, Auburn is on top, Alabama's on top. Um, but, but, but to play a, a, a Georgia Clemson game each and every year, uh, that's going to mean something later on down the road. You know, I love the way I love all three takes so far on this. And to me, you know, everybody understands tradition, right? Everybody understands, you know, the Palmetto Bowl. Look, I I was stationed in Charleston for six years. I understand the pure hatred that both teams have for each other. Also, as a Georgia fan, I understand the pure hatred for the nerds in Atlanta. Sorry, Georgia Tech, but that's just the way it is. You know, but my thing is this. I think I would rather have the quality games over the tradition that we're used to. And then the reason why I say that is, one, you know, trying to look from a, a grand scheme of things, right? The scope of college football is changing to the point where you have to sit there and play quality games. You know, and, and I think a quality game like a Georgia Clemson every year, whoever wins that game, that's that's a I would say that's a top notch game every year for whether it be Georgia or Clemson. You know, and honestly, I think it provides better football. You know, I understand tradition matters. I, I like the tradition aspect within college football. I think there's you know, that's something that separates it from every other sport. You know, the tradition itself, I understand that. But if, if the tradition takes away from the quality product that's put out, people aren't going to care about your tradition anymore. They want to sit here and watch good football, you know, watch good basketball or whatever. They want to watch a good product. And I think Georgia Clemson is a little bit better of a product. And, and we're about to find out tomorrow. Um. So with that moving on right there, you know, obviously tomorrow is going to be big on both fronts, right? There's, you know, there's injuries, things like this, right? There's some key players. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler Davis, is. Uh, can someone fill me in on that news? I think he got diagnosed with COVID. Is that correct, someone? Uh, that's just running around the rumor mill. Um, Wednesday night, uh, Dabo was asked post, post-practice about it, and just he didn't confirm, nor did he deny it. Uh, we uh, we will find out uh, about every player's true availability tomorrow. You know, um, with UGA not releasing a depth chart, we kind of are keeping things tight for right now. Gotcha. Now, so I, I didn't know if that was true or not. Obviously, there's been a level of sportsmanship, if you want to call it. Uh, you know, Kirby, I don't think Kirby really ever releases a depth chart, so that's nothing new for Georgia fans. You know, but, you know, obviously hearing about Clemson and things like that, like – to me, I, I think that's okay. I think magnitude of this game, I'm all for the kind of sportsmanship you're seeing. You, know, you like I said, you know, make it interesting. And I think that's what's happening so far. Um, but let's kind of continue about the game. You know, your you know Clemson's offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, they're replacing a couple key uh, positions, and I think that's the center and the left tackle. You know, what are your thoughts on, you know, with Georgia's defensive line, you know, is Clemson red? I mean, do you think Clemson's ready for that kind of defensive line? And, and Juan, uh, we'll talk about this as well because Georgia's replacing some uh, some key pieces here as well along the offensive line. But I want to get Clemson's opinion first. So whether it be – we'll go Brad and then Aaron uh, and then obviously Juan on this side. Is Clemson's offensive line changes – is that going to be – is that going to be a problem? For Clemson, or will will they'll be ready to go? Man, I think I think they'll be coached up, ready to go. I mean, you know, it's funny because uh, she back in the early '90s, you know, you thought of depth, right? And depth at depth team was was Florida State. 
I mean, they had so much depth. You know, they had one, twos, and threes running in there. Just wore, wore teams down, wore us down back in the in the early '90s. Um, you know, so I see Clemson as that same configuration. They have so much depth there. I mean, they're, they're getting new guys in every year. Um, they're able to play a lot of guys every game. Um, they get a lot of experience uh, every year, every game. So I think they're just going to pick up where those those ones. Uh, you know, I think they got you know two deeper, almost equally as good. So I think they'll be fine. Aaron? I mean, um, going into the uh, – I think the person who who said it perfectly was actually was actually Dabo Sweeney on, on Tuesday for his uh, pre-week press conference. Um, one of the biggest downfalls for Clemson last season was was its lack of true depth at at the offensive line spot. The, the gap between our ones to our twos and threes was very significant – and that visually led to us struggling at, at at some point to win the trenches. Uh, you know, we are um, we we are replacing. Um, uh, shoot, um, we are replacing two guys, um, but but we have we have all ACC counterparts coming in. I mean, um, Walker Parks was a uh, was a um, ESPN. Tr- true freshman all-american last year right he is uh he is he is expected to get that um number one nod trotter and rayburn both got amazing reps last season they have they have truly developed to uh to to be number one quality um i I think clemson's offensive line is it is ready ready for uga you know you know that that's a big bruising front um, I think the only the only difference from Clemson's offensive line last year to this year is is its twos and threes are actually more um, more more at game speed and and ready to to go in at the drop of the hat. You know, I was also thinking about that as well. Obviously, last year played a big part from everybody's standpoint because of the you know the no off season, right? You know, so you're basically learning on the fly, and and from a depth standpoint, that takes a hit because. The offseason is the time where those guys will get their majority, if not all of their reps, right? So with that being said, obviously you kind of see these things happen, right, where your depth kind of, if you have to come in, you know, sometimes they may not be as ready as you would think. So obviously with a full offseason, I, I do think that plays a part with depth being ready and being more coached. So it's got obviously going to be interesting because, look, in a game like this, I have a feeling I don't never wish – I never wish things like this, but I have a feeling people are going to get banged up. And, and you know when that happens, you know you, your number gets called and you got to go in, so you got to be ready. And that off season is going to prepare both teams from a depth standpoint. But one to to our point here on the you know Georgia's replacing, you know obviously Ben Cleveland at right guard, you know uh, left tackle is a new spot for us to be you know obviously be concerned about as well. What do you expect? Is is are we going to be ready tomorrow, or are we should we be concerned? We, we should only be concerned because of how much time Venables has to scheme up a defense. And he is pretty much going to be a mastermind. Uh, so what we saw in the Cincinnati game is that uh, JT got knocked around a little bit. Um, even with the, with the veteran offense that we had last year, he was still able to stay in the pocket, you know, kind of make some throws and do some different things. So he's going to have to be mobile. He's going to have to be able to work that pocket because – Whatever Brent is, you know, he's, whatever he's going to come out at us with, it's going to be masterful. Trust me. 
Um, you know, especially coming off of that uh, that loss to Ohio State. Um, I, I, you know, the, the tight ends kind of really gave him a lot of trouble. I see him trying to scheme for that, but also trying to confuse our younger linemen um, and, and, and trying to get pressure on JT, but also big time. You know, they, they have he has so much to focus on when it actually comes to the to our run game. So but I do think that even if even though that our line is, is, is young or we may just have a little bit of inexperience, as great as those backs are, uh, they, they should be able to just kind of clean up any mistakes. And then just, you know, they just need a little bit just to kind of bust through a hole and then just try to make a, a big play. You know, looking into that, too, as well, I think, you know, Georgia's going to be walking out with, you know, obviously some questions. There's no depth chart. So we don't know until they walk out. Yeah, obviously, there's assumptions and, you know, things can be made. But, you know, my thought is, you know, Cedric Von Prime Granger gets the start over Warren X and obviously with his hand injury. You know, I, so that's a you know, that's a uh, that's somebody that's getting put into a huge game. But I, I feel confident with Cedric because I just think that he has the intelligence and the athleticism and really knowledge of everything, you know, to, to really lead that defense. Yeah. And and that's and that's huge because. You know, obviously, from a center standpoint, center has to you know make the calls, see what the defense is giving them, and really you know deal with line protections and you know things like that. But the left tackle, I think, is the biggest question. You know, but before that, you know, right guard, I think you look at Tate Rattlish taking over, had a great offseason. I think he'll be fine there. The left tackle is my biggest concern because you have to get this right. You can you can kind of scheme, uh, you know, kind of. From the interior side, you can you can scheme uh, help for guards, things like that. But when you're on a left tackle spot, there's there's no helping that. You're basically out there, and if you make it, you great. If not, you, it, it's a long day. So you know, I think you can look at Jamari Sawyer, you know, taking taking the reins at left tackle for this game. You know, you know, I would love to see Marius Mims come in and do that. You know, but look with Clemson's defensive line, that is a hard test for anybody. And I, I think the experience is going to play the, the biggest factor here. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe looking at Jamari Sawyer for this game and then afterwards, you know, being able to sit here and put uh, Amarius out there and get him into a, a comfort level right, from the rest of the season. I think you could see that and then slide Jamari back in, uh, you know. But there, that's a problem that, you know, a good problem because we have a lot of depth along that offensive line. But I, I do want to ask one more question here and then, uh, we'll wrap it up for today's episode. Um, you know, what is your score project uh, score prediction for tomorrow, and what is the key to winning the game for whoever uh, you choose? We'll start with Brad, Aaron, and then Juan. Uh, so, so some Clemson fans aren't going to be too too happy uh, with my score prediction, but but uh, I predict predict a close game. Uh, I think my concerns are if I'm Georgia, I'm really studying that Ohio State film and and really watching how they got mismatches on our defense, um, particularly the linebacker spot, uh, one of the safety spots, the corners. Um, how are they getting those mismatches? Um, we had trouble running with running backs out of the backfield, covering the tight end. And you mentioned those uh, the tight end already. You guys, uh, Georgia will probably use a tight end quite a bit and get those mismatches um, with motion. And, um, you know, our D-line solid. I think you got two electric offenses uh, going at it tomorrow. I think it's going to come down to what defense is going to get a few more stops. And I think that uh, Georgia probably is going to get a couple more stops because I think they're a little bit stronger, uh, you know, 
front end to back end uh, than Clemson is. I think there's a few holes there and a few concerns uh, after watching uh, last year's. Hopefully they clean those up. And and uh, Juan was right. Venables is going to draw up some creative schemes against Georgia. Uh, I just think final scores probably it's going to be a close one. But I think that uh, Georgia's probably going to going to take us uh, 35-28. Aaron, what about you, bud? Man, Brad, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I am disappointed. I know you are, Aaron. But it's, it's no, painful I, for me. I know it's painful for me, but got to be honest. <laughs> no, no, but um, but for the most part, everything uh you said is 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 very, very accurate. You know, the um, one of the one of the biggest matchups isn't actually, in my opinion, on uh, uh like, like JT versus DJ. It's it's can UGA's defensive line get to DJ before Clemson's wide receivers break away from um, from UGA's DBs. I mean, UGA's replacing every starter at at that back half spot, you know, bringing back Justin Ross, who is going to play in the slot. If you guys don't haven't seen a lot of Justin Ross in the slot, you should look at it. It's scary. It is scary good, you know. Um, so having having that matchup either um, either with Justin on a uh, nickel or um, or uh, or uh, up against a uh, safety is going to be a um, mismatch. But if UGA's d- defensive line can get at DJ, then none of it matters, you know. Um, so so I think that's the biggest question mark: is can Clemson's offensive line by DJ? enough time and can UJ's defensive line get after DJ. Um, I think on, on the other side of the ball, when it comes to UJ's offense versus Clemson's defense, that's just going to be an, just a straight, we know what to expect there, right? Clemson's bringing back just about every starter on, uh, on defense, UGA's replacing a few guys, but you know, it's, UGA on offense, they are going to uh, they, they are going to reload. Um, if you know, gun to my head, I had to make make a prediction. I don't predict on Clemson games because I usually get proven wrong and in some facet of it. Um, I am going to go uh, a little bit. Uh, I'd say forty two thirty eight Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson jumps out a little bit early. You know, like a fourteen to three you know, 17 to seven and then UGA storms back. But I think Clemson just finds a way to get it done, you know, whether it's a uh, late turnover or just, or just a late explosive play, but it's going to be a fantastic game either way. And and it's a game, even if Clemson loses, I'm not going to be significantly disappointed in. You know, I I love hearing these takes right here. You know, some, uh, you know, Aaron had it as a pretty high scoring game. Uh, one, what is your takeaways here, and uh, what is your prediction? I, I, I like the score, but I'm, I'm going to put Georgia on the other side of that. I, I'd say Georgia 42, um, uh, um, Clemson uh, uh, 38. Um, you know, one of the key matchups, again, we just talk about that front for, for Georgia and then, and then DJ. What, what concerns me about DJ is he's kind of like that Ben Roethlisberger type guy. You know, he's 6'5", 249. 
And I think that we can probably get to him, but it's going to be a matter of, hey, can we get to him before he just unleashes that laser that he has? And, and, and word has it that he has better arm talent than uh, Trevor Lawrence does. So so that, that that's going to be one of those those key matchups. Um, and, and I'm just finding out right now, Justin Ross in the, in the slot is, is a problem. Uh, he, he, that, that's going to be an issue, you know, especially for, you know, an unproven secondary. Um, and then when you talk about, you know, defensively for, for Clemson, we all know that they were pretty young last year. Uh, and the fact that they were ap- actually able to make it to the semifinals with being such a young team. And then again, I think it's Schlossky, you know, for the second time he's been booted out of a game in the first half. Um, so if he plays a full half without getting a targeting call, you know, he, he's going to be, uh, the, you know, front and center. He's going to be the leader of that of that defense. I, I just think that, uh, you know, we're going to muster up a lot of points. Um, I know that we have, you know, some injuries, but a, a good friend of mine, Todd Salo, you know, he, he, he uh, told our, our you know, we, he coached a team with me and he told our team, he said, listen, we've got a built in excuse. Um, are we going to be able to cash in on it? So Georgia has a built-in excuse. They've got injuries all over the place. They've got, you know, certain types of issues. And if they were to cash in on it, nobody's going to be mad at Georgia. You know, you, you have injuries, those things happen. However, are you going to be able to rise above those excuses and then, you know, choose not to cash in that excuse and then just go? And I, I think that they get it done. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked about this before, uh, Robert. I think that this is just, you know, this is just part one. Um, I do believe that Clemson, Georgia will play again in the national championship, if not the semifinals. Uh, it's going to be a matter of whoever wins or loses this game, who's going to improve from the time uh, from from tomorrow, you know, till later on in the season to see who's actually going to you know, determine who's going to be a national champion. I agree with that. I mean, y'all made it harder for me to sit here and give my take on this thing here. Um, you know, if I had to choose, though, I think. You know, I think Georgia, and it's not even going to be a high-scoring game in my opinion. I think, you know, everybody looks to, you know, the potential on offense from Georgia and Clemson, right? DJ in his own right, super athletic, things like that. But let's 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 kind of hone it back, at least in my opinion. Look at the defensive, the, the defensive fronts on these teams, and understand just how hard is how how hard life is going to be for both JT and DJ tomorrow. So I think it's going to be a little, little bit lower scoring game. I've got 28-24 Georgia. And, and one of the things I think is key there is, you know, like I said, who can whose offensive line is going to protect their quarterback to allow that offense to execute? Right? That's the, I think that's the key for the entire game is execution and protection. Because, like I said, both defensive fronts, you know, you look at Clemson with, with uh, Rasid leading the head there. And Miles Murphy, those guys are physical freaks, you know, and, and really Jordan Davis on the Georgia side with Devontae Wyatt, you have, you know, the plethora of edge rushers and things like that. It's going to create a lot of chaos uh, for those offensive lines. Uh, Juan said it great here earlier, you know, Brent Venables has had a lot of time to scheme this up and have rarely, if ever, seen him have two bad performances back to back. So keep that in mind as well. But I've got it 28-24 Georgia. But so for that is all we have for today, though. Uh, Brad, Aaron, thanks again for coming on. Juan, obviously, it's a pleasure having you on with Mr. Co-host over here. Brad, where can where can people find you? Where can they find me? On yes, sir. Media? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, you know, I just started getting on Twitter, man. To be honest with you, <laughs> you know, I'm on Facebook. 
on, um, just started getting on Twitter and, um, you know, I'll start, uh, I'll let you guys know when I get, get that up and running. Sounds good there. Now that's no problem. Hey, look, man, social media can be a, a, a terrible thing at times. So I, I understand completely. Aaron, you've done this before. Where can people find you though, man? Absolutely. Uh, you guys can find me at um, um, at FQ Clemson uh, on 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 Twitter or or you can if you guys don't want to follow a Clemson account. I get it. Uh, you you can also follow your uh, your fifth quarter UGA account. We also have a, a, a parent parent account called at at CFB home. Amazing content. Amazing writers. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you're looking for me directly and my flaming hot takes, it's at FQ Clemson. Absolutely, man. I know I follow him. Uh, look, if you're listening to this show, uh, we're live on Facebook every Thursday and Friday, uh, youtube.com slash the DGD podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, listening in, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, rate us if it's Apple Podcasts, five stars preferred. On that note, though, guys, look, thanks again for coming on. It was a pleasure sitting here talking some of the biggest games uh, one of the biggest games that we're going to see in recent memory, I would think. Uh, look, and obviously, whoever, wherever the ball falls at, at the end of the game tomorrow, look, I think it's going to be a well-deserved win for either team. Obviously, this is a Georgia podcast, so my hope is for Georgia. You know, but you have to respect the rivalry; it's a huge one. And on that note, guys, have a great day and go, dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.